Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast brought to you by Another Happy Studios. I'm very sick, so I will say this is the fires of Pompeii, and it was timed perfectly. Hello everyone, welcome to Still Got Legs, the only uh, Doctor Who podcast that exists in the world, there are no others, so don't even bother going to look for any. My name is Nathan, I'm joined by my co-host, his name is Lawrence Thomas Heisey, he's known around these parts as a bit of a dickhead. What parts are they, what, the, the podcast sphere? The Hooniverse, Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Have you been enjoying the Hooniverse? Lawrence, I'm all Hooniversed up, mate. I'm I'm thriving. <laughs> what a time to be alive this is. My my 12-year-old inner child is like this is everything I've ever wanted. Yeah. I'm I'm still like I the only thing I've really touched so far is the confidential. Like I I've I've been toying with the idea of like Sarah, uh, Sarah Jane adventures, but then I'm thinking do I want to revisit that as an adult before we cover it eventually? No, I don't think you do. You gotta, you gotta wait. You gotta save yourself. That's yeah. like six years from now or something. <laughs> yeah, no. I tell you what, I will do. Though. I will on November twenty third, the anniversary itself. I will be watching uh, the Daleks in full color because they're doing a full color restoration. Uh, I, of I the, saw that. Is, isn't there the some first... kind of like tongue in cheek? Um... Isn't there like a some sort of like tongue in cheek bio, which is like a great place to start Doctor Who because that man child is having a meltdown that his dad wrote the half of Unearthly Child or something, and he, and he thinks the BBC killed him for it. Well, the less said about that, prick the better. But <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, but but this was in like production and development long before all of that was kicked off, anyway. So like, yeah, it's 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 not just a quick turnaround to recolor an entire fucking seven part tv show you know it's like no, it's I'd easy take, i'd say no it's not <laughs> it's a lot of work and effort um 
And, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to be watching that, so that's exciting. Lawrence, I'm sick. Feel sorry I, for me. I do feel sorry for you. you I'm you being very brave about it. You are. And to be, to be fair, I will say, when you have a voice like that, putting yourself out there on a podcast is brave, and I admire you for it, but you sound rough as fuck. All right, well, I feel like that was very unnecessary, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. I feel like there was really no need for that, but... Okay. You could. I think you could do a good Dalek impression with your voice like this. It, it's not always this raspy, so you need to take advantage of it. All right, I'll give it a try. <clears throat> Hello, Doctor. I'm a Dalek. How are you what? doing today? It's like they're in the room with us. Okay, move over. Um, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> I know you know it. I don't know it, but I know you know it. You, you come on. Everyone knows it. I gen- Is it Terry something? No, Terry Nation invented the Daleks. Um... It's the guy. Fuck, I know his name. Uh, Nicholas Briggs. Okay. I was, if you didn't get it, it would have been really embarrassing for this Doctor yeah. Who podcast. You knew that. You know. You know Nicholas Briggs. Surely. I, I, I know it now. Now that you've said it, but I would yeah. not have been able to pull that out of my out of my head. You have no knowledge. I know. I do have knowledge, however, about this episode, uh, which is what Nathan. <sighs> I guess I got to do this too. And this, Lawrence, is the Fires of Pompeii. It's the second episode of Series 4. It is written by James Moran and directed by Colin Teague, who uh, is a mainstay director on Doctor Who, possibly. I do recognise the name, Teague. Or maybe I'm thinking of Teagan, who was an old companion, I'm fairly sure. Possibly. It's very possible. Both of those things. It's possible that Tegan was or is an old companion. There we are. We know so much. Uh, where? What, what, what do you think about the fires of Pompeii overall? I just want to clarify, Tegan is an old companion, and I absolutely do know that. I was just being colourful. Um, <laughs> what, what do I think about the fires of Pompeii? Yeah. Why? <laughs> what do you mean, why? <laughs> we're, it's the only reason we're here. <laughs> Well, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, and maybe that could possibly have been my way into talking about it, Nathan. Did you consider that? What do you think about it? Uh, I think it's it's one of them Doctor Who episodes that I've like. I ha- I'm pretty sure I've rewatched this once since it aired, and that's it. Um, really? So, yeah, this is not one that I've I've come back to an awful lot. I think it's like it, it, it's fine. I think it's saved because of its ending, and I think like I don't know like. The episode setup and the premise is all a bit boring, but the relationship with the Doctor and Donna is, like, one of the strongest episodes they have together. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of equal parts good, equal parts are just a bit whatever to me. Wow. Wow. Go on. The audience very much disagree with you, and of course they agree with me because, Lawrence, this is a certified hold on this is a certified <laughs> banger <laughs> it goes on for so long i think the audience might be biased if i'm honest i think there might be a button which which someone who has an ulterior motive could press i have which no is idea not what fair. you're talking about and how would that even work lawrence that's true yeah silly me um, what, you, you, so this is a certified banger for you. You like this? Yeah, it's good. Did you not watch it? <laughs> no, I watched it. I just, I don't know. It's it's not like, aside from the Doctor and the Donna, uh, the Doctor and the Donna, the Doctor and Donna stuff, like there's just not much to it, I don't think. Isn't there? I don't think so. Right, but please, I, I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong. So tell me, what, what do you love about this? Everything. 
<laughs> Nathan, I know you're sick, but I need a bit more from you. What did you ask me? What do you make of it? Like, all in all, what 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 are you defending? Why am I wrong? I, Lawrence, I don't have to defend anything, all right? This this episode is not on trial here, okay? Uh, mm. If anything, you have to defend your ludicrous position. Um <laughs> it's it's great it's it's a great episode it's a good rump straight away we're going into a good historical adventure a historical um event that we know it starts off with a bit of fun a bit of tardis time travel shenanigans and the fact that our ancient rome isn't this great we love ancient rome here we are <laughs> in ancient rome this is definitely rome look at all these rome things that we love there's the famous rome volcano Wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. Hang on um, a minute, what's going on here? What's going on? Um, yeah, it's, it's a good bit of fun. Um, then there's, you know, the immediacy of like, oh, shit, all right, we're about to die. I guess we better go. And then Donna's like, yeah, let's, let's, let's save everyone, let's go. And then there's that just immediately kicks off like the whole... Maybe, maybe not. Maybe let's just yeah. just get out of here quickly and just keep our heads. It's right off the bat we 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 doubt some like great morality question, um, morality and ethical questions about time travel and this sort of stuff. You know that time travel, that hypothetical concept. Um, <laughs> and it's I just think all of it's great. And then on top of that, it's packaged in this weird little Doctor Who graveyard memorial reunion where you've got Amy Pond and <laughs> yeah. the 12th Doctor showing up. <laughs> I don't know. It's all in all, it's just a very fun, but then also very deep and very uh, challenging Doctor Who episode, I feel. I, I, I don't think you're wrong at all. As I, I think... bangers go, this is up there. You yeah. who loved Love and Monsters. <laughs> okay. I I would say I I don't disagree with what you're saying. I just like I, the Doctor and, and Donna stuff. Like all of that is brilliant, and you're right. It is like straight away there is this kind of just tension because Donna's new to this, but she does think that so far she's kind of got a good grasp on like what the Doctor does, which is show up and hopefully save the day, right? Because that's that's what he's been known to do, and so to, for that to kind of not be the Doctor's position in this scenario is tense, and it's and it causes a rift between them, which is really good, and I think. We won't get there yet, but the ending of the episode, it really culminates in something quite unique uh, for New Who, at least. Um, the stuff that I'm, like, on the fence about is, like, uh, like the, the pyrovile stuff. Like, it's all just a bit, like, meh. It's just a bit whatever, the pyrovile. It doesn't... It's, it's like, such a random... Such a minor, it's such a minor part of the episode. I would say it's, like, the primary antagonist of the episode, because it is. <laughs> Kind of, it, it comes kinda. down to them like yeah kind of but it's not what the episode's about yeah no I, I i agree so i think maybe the less less time was put into this this stuff obviously yeah but it's i don't know it just felt a little bit like i don't know I, I, it just a lackluster like it looks lackluster. great right for the for the like the, the, you the are packaging insane. of the episode you are fucking insane <laughs> all right i just I don't know. The doctors had to make hard choices before, but never before has the setting been like this kind of like, eh, all right, whatever. Like, like parting of the what? ways, he had to make a rough choice about like pushing a, a genocide button, and that was way more interesting. There was like a war going on downstairs. Jack and Rose were there. Jack was following the doctor blindly. Rose was sent away. Like it dealt with a lot more stuff going on around that central thing. And is uh, and sorry, and the scenes where 
The Doctor and Donna are running through streets with horrified civilians screaming and panicking and children crying. That's just bland, is it? That's no, just I, I'm not saying nothing. that's bland. I'm saying that like it, it, the the pyrovile stuff as a as a backdrop as as the setting of the threat because there are you say it's a minor part of the episode, but there are sequences where we're speaking to like the sisters of the Sibylline and stuff, and it's all just like I don't care about any of this. I want more of. I wish the episode was, if anything, more focused. Like this episode doesn't even have to have an antagonist for for kind of something that would have been quite cool to see because it's. It feels half-baked, and the stuff with the Doctor and Donna is so fleshed out and so interesting that every time it cut away from that, I was a bit like, ah, all right. It's, it's such a minor part, though. Like, it doesn't cut away often. It's, 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 you're arguing over, like, 15% of the episode. I think it's more than that. I don't know if it is. <laughs> All right, let's, well, let's let's go through it anyway, and we we will we'll see what we'll, we'll see what pops up as we go along. Um, I, I like say, this might be your worst take yet. But right. I, I think you're. I don't know. I think more people would be on my side if. Oh you... wait, no, sorry, sorry. The brown suit is your worst take yet, but yeah, we'll. we'll... <laughs> Not the coral tardis. You know more about that. <laughs> that's the that's a well, that's third now. It was second, but that's a third <laughs> okay. place now. We should keep a track of this. A, le- a leaderboard of my bad takes. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, I right, I like that it's the first time Donna's travelled in time, uh, so she's straight away. She's Technically, like, of... that's not true. Uh, when did she travel in time? In the Christmas uh, Runaway Bride, they went back and saw the formation of the Earth with the ah, yes. uh, with the the Christmas Star ship, whatever, at the at the centre of the Earth. You are correct. That is yes. true. All right, yes. but it's the first time she's got out the TARDIS and seen more than a void of space. Yeah, and like walk the earth as as it was, you know, fucking centuries ago. I I like that there's a bit of housekeeping right at the top, which is like, it, you know, hang on, that's in English. I can read that, and the doctor's like, no, the TARDIS does all of that. It's a translation thing. And then like straight away, she's just grilling the doctor, like she's back in time. <laughs> she's well, she thinks she's in fucking ancient Rome, and her what's on her mind is just what happens if I actually speak Latin while it's translating me to Latin. What what happens then? <laughs> It's a good question to ask, though. Like, it's true, yeah. <laughs> this is the type of shit I'd think about and I'd want to ask. So, yeah, I enjoy that. I like that quite a lot. You're seeing people walking around in togas and you're like, I'll get to this. Uh, it's fine. I've got a time machine. We can figure this all out later. But I want to know right now why I sound Celtic. And I don't know what's going on there either. What do you mean? <laughs> why does it come out in some <clears throat> sort of Celtic mesh of a, of, a, of a voice or an accent or a language? Why not? I mean... You, it's hard to, it's hard it's to gotta, argue that flawless logic. It's got to come out of something. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Mm. Um, but yeah, Karen, I forgot that Karen... I didn't forget that Karen Gillan was in this, but it is an abrupt cutaway to Karen Gillan just staring them down. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah, hi. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's uh, like a, a soothsayer sort of thing, like a, a sister of the, the traveling pants or whatever it is. She's, um, she looks very young. She does, and yeah. which is weird because it's the next season that she's a regular. Yeah, well, it, yes, but it was also two years in between. They also uh, had okay. a a year off for the specials. So, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah I forget, about, I forget about the specials. It just feels like season four was really long. No, yeah, it's the specials. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, should we we uh, we'll jump it a little bit? But what do you think of her um her English accent? Um, <laughs> it's fine. I guess. I thought it was quite... She's aggressively Scottish. So I thought it was quite convincing. I know she's aggressively Scottish. 
she's she's got a proper Scottish accent. Well, yeah, because she's Scottish. <laughs> this, but this is what I'm saying. It's like it's not like quite groundskeeper Willie, but it's still very noticeably Scottish. Because that's not done by a Scottish person. Fucking spoiler alert. <laughs> that's done by a very American person. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it, I think it. it I obviously when I first watched this I probably had no I didn't know who Karen Gillan was but I think even now knowing who she is she she passes for that's that passes for a very solid English accent yes in Pompeii which is what I'm looking out for immediately I'm like is everyone's English <laughs> accent up to snatch here in ancient Pompeii that's what I'm worried about <laughs> they, they, they they do this though don't they they're everywhere they go they're either Welsh or English it just it, and that's what it is or <laughs> It's English, but just very fucking Cockney Del Boy sort of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that yeah. is very true. We, have we had a proper? Uh, we must have done. Who was our most Cockney up to this point? Just jump jumping off that though, Peter Capaldi. Yeah, very true. Yeah, Co- Scottish. So no. like, so your entire point crumbled. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean you, you're not wrong. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, no, but I, what I was going to say is I do enjoy the way that the the every now and then there's always lines of Doctor Who which just are just so ingrained into my brain. It's just like okay, yeah, it's permanently fixed there. I think it's like it's lines which are in trailers, and I can see the moment <laughs> yeah. in the trailer. Okay, and there's always the fucking line of Karen Gillan going the box, the blue box. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that is so just ingrained into my head it's never coming out i love it it's a great moment mine mine comes later on i think in the first episode of this show of of still got legs um i spoke about how the the bbc uh, doctor who trailer maker was a formative part of my enjoyment of editing yes um and this is this is home to one of the most the, the clip i probably bang the most on trailer maker which is the the slow pan of the of the TARDIS doors opening and the Doctor going, "Come with me." Yeah, that was that's that's the one that sticks out for me. But no, I I hadn't considered that. The box, the blue box. That's good. It's very good. Yeah, it's a very good I moment. Like, I like that the it, we don't get this line for many seasons to come. But I, I it, it you're led to believe the Doctor has inadvertently accidentally travelled to one of the you know kind of human humanity's biggest recorded disasters ever yeah um mm. that's you know it wasn't by chance we find out later on the tardis does have this and this is common knowledge so i don't mind saying it here but like this is the tardis always takes him where he needs to go maybe not always where he wants to go but yeah i quite like that that's one of the moments that it it, it served very nicely on a rewatch because before you just be like oh the doctor's silly he got the wrong coordinates or something but it yeah. makes sense yeah yeah no it it works out perfectly and and definitely, you know, it, it is sort of an idea that came along later, but it definitely works with how this episode plays out and what ends yeah. up happening and stuff. So, yeah, it's good stuff. I enjoy yeah. that. I, I, I do too. I, um, so, yeah, so the the Blue Box is coming. Karen Gillan has, has seen them walking about town and gone off to tell the High Priestess of the Sibylline. Um, <laughs> one of my notes just said... If for for the longest time watching this episode, I w- I couldn't work out why Sibylline sounded familiar, and then I remembered that I was thinking of the toothpaste Sensodyne, which is not the same thing at all. Well, it's not the same thing. <laughs> for ages, I was like, that? "Where do I know this word? <laughs> how do you how do you even make that connection?" <laughs> I don't know. I wrote it down. I thought it was noteworthy enough to mention. 
Sure, um, why not? But yeah, so so they're, they're walking off. They're going down the markets. Karen Gillan is saying the blue box is coming. Um, when the doctor goes back, his his, uh, his TARDIS is gone. Yeah. They, you know, they need to leave. Donna's irked about it, but I well, think she's kind of. Sh- should we talk about the fact that they first realise it's um, not Rome itself? Yeah, yeah. Before we get to Delboy. <laughs> 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 we um, we will get into him, but we'll definitely get into him a bit later on as well. So let's be oh, okay. fast. <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> what was I saying? Sorry. So the, they they notice the the well the big mountain as they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good little sting into the credits. I think into the yeah. the opening titles the. Well, I remember it's, it's Pompeii and it's Volcano Day. We there's something about like I don't know if it's accidental, but accidental rhymes, which they always hit my ear wrong. You know, <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. If someone says something and it rhymes, I'm just like, I'd have taken another swing at that myself. I don't know. Like it, it just seems weird. <laughs> I feel like it, nothing should rhyme unless it's intentional. Do you know I, what I mean? This is a nothing point, but no, no, but but you. Because I I have never considered this before, so truthfully, this is like I don't under I get where you're coming from. I do, but like it's unavoidable, surely. Yeah, it's not unavoidable. You, you can <laughs> yeah, but you'd have to work harder, I think. To yeah. Not... <laughs> and why work harder? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but why work harder about something so pointless? <laughs> because, I know it's not pointless, not to me. <laughs> I don't know. It just always. It hits my ear wrong. There's just something about it which just all, I'm just always like, it wasn't quite unless you're like specifically doing like poetry or something. Then yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. That's, I, I I see your point. I can't say it bothers me the same way. But okay. I, I, res, I respect. Don't it. Me, I'm not out here like every time I see it. I'm not like ah yeah. no, don't rhyme. Like it's <laughs> it's nothing where I'm like hey that. It's just like oh okay. <laughs> You know? Nathan's got Nathan's got no more thoughts on the rest of the episode because he angrily just turned the TV off did, <laughs> when that true. happened. It did, yeah, it's true. Instead, I put on Doctor Who Confidential, and then I <laughs> I watched um, <laughs> the Doctor Who Confidential for this episode is very fun because like the first half of it is like you know we'll bring the production over to Europe and and it's all this sort of stuff and we're actually in <laughs> Rome and we're filming and look at how we set up all these shots. Isn't this exciting? That and then the second half is just David Tennant does a travel show. Um, <laughs> and he just he just goes around Pompeii with a tall guy. <laughs> <laughs> what, just like on an off day or something? <laughs> well, he uh, he initially went with the uh, the camera crew to get because they were going to get like secondary shots of the actual volcano itself of Mount Vesuvius. Yeah, um, and he was like, oh, "I'll tag along because I think it'd be cool to see it." Um, but then he just ended up just going on a tour with the, <laughs> with a tour guy. It was it's very fun as, as long as he's having fun. I guess yeah, it's a great time. <laughs> it's probably that was probably like the easiest day at work for him ever. Just getting paid an obscene amount of money to go on a tour of somewhere that lots of people would like to go and visit. But yeah, um, do you think that Quintus, who is the son of Peter Capaldi? Yes. has this kind of Blue Peter presenter vibe. Um, There's like a young adult quality to him where he's like, he speaks quite softly and he's got a very like unoffensive vibe to him. You see, now, 
full disclosure, I've never really watched Blue Peter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I right, yeah. I know I know of it from like you know culturally and that sort of stuff. I know like Blue Peter badges are a big thing. And yeah, I, I remember watching a few when I was a kid, and there were always seemed to be like a number of dogs just in the studio. <laughs> yeah, I think there were like, a few. Yeah, <laughs> there was always just a number of Blue Peter dogs. Um, but when I imagine a Blue Peter presenter, it's always just quite like how can I put it? It's always just quite gentle. Just quite like that's right, yeah. <laughs> and isn't that nice? And it, and you can see here we've made a nice little man out of play doh. And as yeah. you can see, that's turned out lovely. And yeah, I don't know. That's just how I imagine it. And I, I'm I have to say, I'm not really getting a vibe from this guy. Okay, all right. Maybe, he's, maybe he's like, some interesting for me. He's like turning up hungover. He's been like, he's having a night on the town. It's like this is from an entirely different thing, but for some reason. When when I see this guy, what what comes out in my head is the line from Assassin's Creed 2 where Ezio's mother says to him, you need an outlet. And he says, I have plenty of outlets. And she <laughs> says, besides vaginas. Okay, that I don't know why, but that's what sticks out to me when I think of this guy. He, he, I guess, yeah, he does have that vibe to him as well. Um, yeah. No, I don't know. I think I think it's because he's like he's supposed to be a bad boy, but he is just the most mild mannered, gentle soul. Like he's walking around and being mm. like, "I'm getting drunk," but it's just like, "No, you're not. You're drinking <laughs> apple juices. <laughs> you seem too kind for this." Uh, yeah, I get that. He he does seem a bit meek. I'll say. Yeah, but. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, he's on the wine, he's on the sauce, he's on a great. He's like me right now. I'm on the whiskey. Yeah, you got to uh, get that throat. Eleven a.m. in shape. the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's medical. It's it's medicinal whiskey. <laughs> it's medicinal, sure. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have a problem. It's medicinal. <laughs> I can, I can stop anytime I want. I'm twenty. <laughs> I have the opposite of that problem. Right? <laughs> like I don't drink at all. Usually, yeah. so you have a hard time starting. It's genuinely true. I do. <laughs> I remember your 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 bad boy days. I went to uni with you. You can't hide from me. It's true. If anything, I had a problem then. <laughs> and now you've now you've just you've just corrected the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Let's let's um. So we're in the house, right? We're the doctor and Donna. They modern art. Well. No, that yeah, they go back to the house. That's the best moment in the episode. I think. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? It's, it's such, such a, a good cut. It is. It's such because Dale Boy is like I say, he sold the the Tardis or whatever, which is a bit of fun in itself. Um, yeah. But, but then there's just the 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 question like, who did you sell it to? Who'd want to buy a Tardis? And just the hard cut to, and it really closely on his face. As well. <laughs> yeah. Just the modern art. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about like i love the idea i just and you don't see any of this obviously but i absolutely love the idea that he has like had this thing wheeled to his home and like, yeah. <laughs> he set it up he stood back to admire it and then 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 that's the moment we join him and he's like modern art like he's just sat there silently admiring this thing until that point it makes oh. a, a, a great reaction gif as well. Like it really does. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever like 
at BBC Doctor Who posts something fire. It's just you go to the replies and you'll just see a lot of like modern art kids. It's great. I enjoy it. It's it's very good. Um but yeah, so that they're in the house. Um they they go there to get it and I like the I love all of this stuff. When the Doctor and Donna um they get to just be silly and they get to yes. blend in a little bit. It's yeah. one of the best things about season four, I think. Silly time travel shenanigans with uh, Doctor Donna. <laughs> yeah, I do like the um and this is all part of that, just the uh I am Spartacus. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I'm Spartacus. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh the first I mean I think it's the first I think it becomes a running joke throughout the series there. Ah, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Dr. Donna, you know, husband and wife, and they immediately like, oh, no, 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 no. But then I like, um, Kai Gilius is, oh, brother and sister. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, I see it. You, you do are quite alike. <laughs> yeah. And then just the moment of those two looking at each other like, do we? No, we <laughs> fucking don't. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, it does become a running joke. It's in the... I was uh, I was quite surprised, uh, but I couldn't get to my remote quick enough to turn off the Next Time trailer. But it's one of the first things that is highlighted in the next episode in the Next Time trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so I always it's watch very, the very good. Trailer. It's a good bit do you, of fun. Do you? Do you get, you little, yeah. you get hyped? Yeah, because it's like... Ah. It's it's like a like I watched it back in the day, you know, a fun little tease for the, for what's to come at the end. That, that's fair. I like to go and fresh myself. I like to turn it off in case I see something I'd forgotten and I don't get that in episode moment of me going ah okay. I already know these yeah. episodes back to front, so like <laughs> fair, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so there's some there's something called the gift, Nathan, which is basically when people have hands on their eyes. Um, oh no, sorry, well, eyes on their no. hands. <laughs> No, I think I think it's more that they can see the future and they have then. No, no, I, I think it's I think it's entirely the art of drawing an eye on your hand. I don't think there's anything else that comes with it. Oh, well, um, is it Lu- <laughs> I want to say Lucy. That's not a name, surely. Uh, I don't that's think so. A very so. modern name. Yeah, I've, I've every every note is. I've got about her is just uh, the sister or the daughter. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever the sister or daughter's name is, I feel bad now. Yeah. I'm gonna look that up. Evelina. Evelina. Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Evelina. I believe is that her? Francesca Fowler. Yes, it is. Yeah, Evelina. Um, <clears throat> Evelina doesn't have eyes on her hands. Yes, she does. She doesn't. She does. She does it later when Donna is is trying on her little toga thing, um, and she she puts her hands up to her eyes, and she does. She might All not right. in this scene. Well, but she definitely does later on. Well, uh, Lucius doesn't. Yeah, but he's the. He's the head honcho, isn't he? He doesn't need the eyes. And he's he's got that sexist moment where he's like... I, f- I, feel, like, I, don't know. I feel like you're just making up these rules. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> he, right, he doesn't have it, right? but they've all got them. All the women have them and he doesn't. Yeah, and then he makes a distinction it's... between like women are limited in their capability or whatever, some sexist bullshit that he says. Yes, but it's... it's... <laughs> I don't think the having the gift specifically means you get hands on your eyes. What I'm saying is that's a byproduct of that. That comes later. You have the gift, so you become a member of the sisterhood or whatever. And then as part of that, you draw the hands on your eyes because it's their symbol. It's their marking. It doesn't mean that you get hands on your eyes because of the gift. Oh, you, you, you get a bunch of other stuff. Like you get little rock arms. Right, so they're, they're, you what get, what, you get what point stuff. are you making here? I'm saying you have never sniffed the vapors, Nathan, so you don't know what it gives you. 
what gifts are provided and what gifts are uh, are drawn on manually. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I've worn you down. Yes, I win. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, she, well, speaking of inhaling the vapors, she does look mm. into the fire. Um, and do you think that the adult pyrovillians, if that's what they're called, is that what is that the term for them? The a pyrovillian? Yes, sure. Um, but I will warn you: if you're going to ask me if this looks like something, which it may look like, then ask me about this later. Okay. I I see. <laughs> okay. okay. So I uh, shut up is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> At least we know you've got a good choice for later on. Um, but yeah, okay, so yeah. Anyway, th- that was my entire point on that, so moving on. <laughs> Great. Um, no, what what I do like is, um, I like this character of Caecilius. It's, uh, it's, he's, he seems like a fun guy, you know? He's like a, a marble carver or whatever. He, he works with marble. He, he seems like a nice guy working for his family. I love the moment where... The volcano's shaking, and he's like, "Positions, everyone, go to their positions." <laughs> and they yeah. all have like little spots around the house to stop like things falling or whatever. That's a good bit of fun. Um, At first, you come... definitely think it's like it's going to be a safety positions for the family, and it's just not. It's just to protect his <laughs> art collection. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. It's to protect his statues and busts or whatever. Um, that's yeah. a good bit of fun. But then in comes um, Phil Davis's character, Lucius. Uh, this, like, what would you even call him? Like, some, like, nobleman, some, like, statesman. I don't know, some kind of, like, a, a person of importance, clearly. Like, someone who yeah. who holds authority. Um, this guy <laughs> has to have played, like, an old-timey guy before, right? He's got a perfect face for this vibe. He's he's quite a well-known actor, yeah. Uh, he must have done this kind of time period before surely oh probably i i wouldn't is it his work like it it's miles long like yeah a lot of like this is a guy who like you'll see like any itv drama he'll be in there somewhere like (laughs) okay yeah yeah he's like he's in a lot of stuff but yeah his face reminded me of you know that meme where like jonah hill has a, a bit of a more of a bowl haircut and a bit of a long pointy beard now and people are like man looks like plato no i have to say i'm not familiar <laughs> yeah. with this meme. it's a great it's a great meme <laughs> okay i'll send it to you man later it's like a great okay. meme every now and then you like bring something up and it's like, <laughs> just i'm reminded of the difference in our age and <laughs> how like out of touch <laughs> i uh, i am these days <laughs> you know more meme stuff than i do you're always showing me memes yeah, but like my memes are di- my memes are like very specific, I think, or or it's just true. like very stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you have a really like... immature sense of humor. I think <laughs> it's, no, it's not immature. It's just like it's <laughs> like the more bizarre and absurd something is, the funnier I find it. I feel like you're you're yeah. one of your what... favorite things ever from back in the day was that that image of three guys projecting a Nola, a christopher nolan movie onto the side of a cow <laughs> or something and you were like this is modern ours you said it's good it's good stuff it is it is good i will say <laughs> it's very um, funny, yeah but yeah right where 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 were we what were we saying um yes yeah, so in comes lucius dexteritus um and then he's just like this guy just shows up and he's like immediately speaking in riddles and he's like <laughs> yeah. and the doctor's like 
Ah, oh, hello. And he's just at me like, ah, I can see that birds fly east and and the corn is yellow. <laughs> so that must mean you are a man of sight. Like, what? <laughs> he's just at me. What are you talking about, then, brother? Kai Kilius is just like, have you ever heard such wisdom? <laughs> <laughs> He's just literally said absolutely nothing, and Caecilius is like, oh my god, in my own home. But then I believe the doctor starts quoting Shakespeare to him, and they have a. Was that what it was? Okay. I believe believe so, yeah, because he says, I can see that every sun must set, uh, or something. Um, And they have a little back and forth sort of stuff, which is. Which is good fun, but I just like I always like the moment where Lucius, like the first time the doctor comes back at him with like a riddle of his own or whatever, he just goes ah, like like it's the first <laughs> time he's ever been challenged on that. Like it's the first time anyone else has ever actually said something back to him and not just gone oh okay oh very oh, insightful, yeah, very wise, <laughs> and he's just to I me mean, like ah. Right. I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> I I this leads me on to my favorite like little tiny aspect about this is that is that this man Lucius he he is Ooh. allergic to losing, right? He hates being challenged in any capacity because he has this kind of like pseudo wisdom off with the doctor. Um, yes. And and it what it reminded me of, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you can go and like have a flighting competition with someone. <laughs> yes, I've been doing it a lot recently, yes. You just go up to someone and be like, I don't know, the moon is is I don't know I don't know. I'm not I'm not flighting, okay? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was a great um, example. But then Thank you, thank you very much. Um but then like later on as well, mm. he um when um when Evelyn is it Evelyn, the sister, the daughter? Evelina. Evelina, Evelina, when Evelina comes out and she says to the uh, she says to the doctor, like the doctor's like, you can't have the ability of foresight, like that's not a thing. And then she's like, oh, is that so? You know, fucking Donna of of London or whatever. She starts proving that she knows something. She and the doc- uh, she she says to Donna, you call yourself noble. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, that's it. And, and then she <laughs> says, uh, she calls him a lord of time. I believe. Uh, and it's I I like that it yeah she does she calls him a lord of time and then um, the doctor's like that's very impressive and he turns to Lucius who is seething that he has been like ratioed by someone else with the sight and he's like oh is that impressive man of Gallifrey well let me tell you something and it's like no one you didn't need to do this I feel like What's you this made for? I feel like you made this entire point just so you could say that Lucius has been ratioed. No, no, but he was. No, he started ratioing her, and then they had a little competition. It was, it was. I don't know. It it felt very bizarre, and I felt like the doctor was just kind of like mm. the middle piece of all of this. And like, are you two, you, we can stop at any time, for you guys. <laughs> I yeah. believe both of you now. It is a good bit of fun. I do like how completely fucked Evelina looks during the whole scene. Like, yeah, girl looks like she's done like two fucking. Uh, I don't even know what. I, a portion of heroin? I don't know. A portion? <laughs> I don't know. What is it? What do you call it? A hit? I guess that's probably a hit. <laughs> a portion? <laughs> like you can tell I, 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 you can tell I had some wild times. Oh, my God. <laughs> a portion. One portion of heroin. <laughs> Me to my dealer. Can I have two portions? <laughs> you know what? You know what this is. This is like. Imagine if you were like a Jump Street cop. Like if that was your life, and you were like a portion, please, young man. 
How do you do, fellow you? <laughs> I'd enjoy one portion of your finest heroin. <laughs> portion. Oh, that is that is dumb, man. That is. Weird. Do, do you know what I mean? Though she looks fucked. Like she. she yeah, she does. She's been sniffing the vapors too long. Yeah, she does yeah. look absolutely fucked. Um, Even her brother's like fucking fucking hell, mum. What are you done? Like she's yeah. poor girl. is just like fucking tripping, man. I like that there's like it, there is historical kind of context to it as well because like any kind of gift from the gods to like to like renounce it in any way is seen as like a, an act of defiance. So I do like that throughout this episode there is a lot of you know like it would be there's just kind of bad parenting because they think yeah. they're being servient to the gods. Yeah, um, and I, I like that that's all kind of um, one one of the interesting components of the episode is that it's all framed within these. You know what? What is going to happen if you do fucking put um, mm. aliens in ancient Pompeii? They are just going to think it's an it's a divine deity kind of thing rather yeah. than an actual threat. Absolutely. Um. So we find out that Lucius is like he's eventually the doctor has a little sneak off to his to his gaff or whatever, and he finds out that like he's been getting uh, marble cuttings of like circuit work, like a circuit board. Um, yeah. to to blow up the mountain or whatever. Um, that's all a bit of fun, I guess. But like, this is like all of this is just like window dressing. I feel like it, this is it all is, just yeah. it's all just very minor to to what's actually going on in the episode. But you hate every second of it. <laughs> there are, no, there are bits that I like, and there are bits that are interesting. But I'm just, I think this a, a bit more work could have gone into making the whole of this episode interesting. Like the the kind of I don't know, all the Pyrovillian stuff, like, aside from it being the choice, the kind of final choice that's revealed later on, meaning mm. that the Doctor has to push yeah. the button. He has to, uh, like, whether Donna likes it or not, he has to commit to the idea of Pompeii going and, and burning. Um, that's kind of the only place where the Pyroville stuff is relevant. And it's the rest of it is, like you say, window dressing. But I think, like... I don't know if they if they fleshed it out a little bit more. There's a way that this could have like intertwined better in the episode. Not not bad. I just it's my least it's the least interesting part of the entire thing um, for me. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree, but I don't think the episode is bad because of that. No, that, that's fair. Like and like I said, I, there are there are tremendous bits in this episode. Like I said, the, the one of the biggest strengths is the relationship with the Doctor and Donna. Um, so yeah, the the so the doctors found these circuit things. There's a new sonic screwdriver setting just dropped. Don't know if you're aware. Um, that <laughs> yeah, as the doctor's leaving, he knocks over. He uses the sonic to just push over the marble circuits. <laughs> he does. Yeah, that's a that's a good bit of fun. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. as as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, Lawrence is gonna have a field day with this. One. <laughs> I just like that it gets vaguer and vaguer, and they've <laughs> they've they're done apologising for it now. There's no explanation. It's just like. I guess it can deliver a strong gust of wind or something. <laughs> or maybe not? it vibrates the air or some shit around it. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I can I can see that. It it collapsed whatever it was held on. So Yeah. And you just gotta go, go with it at this point, haven't you? Yeah. Um I want one of these the thing that I do like in this kind of sequence, um, mm. is is whilst that's going on, the doctor is off doing this, but uh Donna is sat talking to Evelina. Um and it's it remember i i don't know if we've had one in a while i can't think I, I, there's definitely one in season 3 but mm. i can't remember one but it's got the remember the rose and gwyneth vibe we used to love it when the companion gets to just chat to a person of that time period for a bit yeah 
um, and they get to kind of like talk about that stuff. Donna Donna has a great line about her, like, "Do you have any mates? Do you go down to the shops?" TK Maximus. Very good line. Very good. <laughs> Brilliant I enjoy, line. I enjoy that one quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, but it's I, I just think it's a great little scene, and Donna like she just talks to this girl for a second, and then like almost interrupts her and is like, "I have to tell you this. Like, I can't. I yeah. I physically cannot." not tell someone that this is happening. And I love that Donna brings that. I mean, the episode obviously mm. talks about it a bit later on, but Donna brings such a great, empathetic woman of the people kind of quality. I do really like Donna's energy for uh, in this episode because, like, right at the beginning, you know, we, we, we didn't really talk about it much, but we do get the moment where, like, the Doctor realises what's going on and where they are, and he's like, oh, fuck, we gotta go. We gotta yeah. leave, like, now. And then, you know, there's immediately this sort of tension between, like, Donna saying, like, yeah, let's let's save everyone, let's warn them, and then we'll we'll get out of here. And it's like, no, we're leaving. This yeah. has to happen. We can't intera- interrupt or whatever. We just got to go. And she's like, fuck no. Like, <laughs> no. Like, I, I can't just, like, leave and let everyone die. That's, that's not how things work. That's not how people operate. And... And I, I just love that, like, she has this, like, I don't know, there's just something in her which is just, she she just can't let it go. She cannot just leave and just let innocent people die for no reason at all. Innocent yeah. people who, you know, it's not their fault, they just happen to live here. And because of mm. that, they're all going to suffer and burn. And, and now she, like, feels partly responsible because of it. Because of just... Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. By the simple act of showing up, she's now become involved in it. Um, And and if she leaves, she's complicit, I guess, in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's there's like an incredible exchange uh, between the Doctor and Donna where... She says, you know, like, turn around, look at these people. That boy's like no older than sixteen. Mm, yeah. Um and, 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 and he dies because you, you say it has to be and the doctor's like, What? And that's my fault. And and Donna says quite <laughs> rightly, right now, yeah. Yeah. It is. Because like if you can if you can do something and you do nothing, then you're part of the problem. You're complicit in it. So it's the Spider Man thing, as stupid as it sounds. Like Yeah, no, with, it's true, yeah. With, with great power comes fucking great responsibility. If you have the ability to, you know, do things that can stop bad things happening and you don't do that the bad thing has happened because of you you are 
partly yeah. responsible. I wish someone would have told Zack Snyder that when he made a fucking super <laughs> movie. But you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, but it, it, it is the central conflict of the entire episode, and it is mm. just great that, like, I, I, I don't think for a second that Rose or Martha wouldn't have called the Doctor out on it. But it's nice that the Donna is uh, the Donna. I keep doing that with, with the Doctor and Donna this week. <laughs> um, but it's nice that Donna is so new to the TARDIS and is already just telling the Doctor, no, 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 this is this won't fly with me. Like she, I think she even has a line about like, I don't know who you've had traveling with you before, but that's not how I roll. Yeah. You see, I feel like Rose, I don't know, Rose in the beginning would have maybe called him out on it and maybe yeah, would true. have said, maybe this isn't right. But I feel like by the end of series two and having spent more time with him and knowing how he operates and stuff and knowing the, the rules and everything like that, I feel like by that point she may be, would have gone along with it i think she would have just been like i mean it sucks but like yeah i think i think she she very much rose above anyone else really buys into the Mm. doctor's ego of being a time traveler like yeah there are those moments where like she's threatening a dalek and being like oh i met the emperor and i poured the fucking vortex into his head like she really she likes being good at this and i think then again like isn't that like the the Dalek episode in series one is very much like that though. She like refuses mm. to let the Doctor kill it though. Well, yeah, but like like you say, as it goes on, I think yeah. she gets. I th- I think especially when she is with Ten, because Ten has more fun with it. Yeah. Um, and I think having a, a younger, mm. more energetic guy around that doesn't feel the weight of the world as heavily as Nine did, it's easier to forget that often you're involved in kind of horrific things. <laughs> Catherine Tate is also a little older. Donna is also a little older than both Rose and Martha as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, Which is a nice dynamic switch up as well. We didn't yeah. really speak about that last week. Yeah, I feel like she can't necessarily... Not that they were, but can't, she can't necessarily be pushed around as easily as yeah. as uh, they were. And like, she definitely gives him it back. So, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a good dynamic to have. I, I agree, yeah. It's it's a breath of fresh air, and I just think this this is why, like... I don't even know if Donna is my favorite companion, but she's a lot of people's favorite for this exact reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think is is pretty clear. She's um, great. Um, I I do... Well, she gets kidnapped by like the sisterhood of the, the traveling pants or whatever. And then yeah. the, the doctor goes to like... He, it's not explained how he gets there. They just kind of know where it is, I guess. <laughs> He's just there, yeah. He just shows up, I guess. But whatever. They're about to sacrifice Donna because she gave like a false prophecy... <laughs> and I love that <laughs> even when she's got a knife like held to her like stomach, she's still just like, "Oi, I'll fucking have you!" <laughs> like she's just like, yeah, did, did she say like, "I'll fucking"? I'll, I, I can't remember what she says. But she says like, she basically just flips it and goes, "I'll fucking do that to you in a minute, yeah. sunshine or something." <laughs> yeah, uh, it's great. But <laughs> what I love the most about this scene, and it's so <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> It's such a stupid line, but I love it when the doctor walks in and like they're like, no man can enter here. And he just goes, oh, that's all right, just as girls. Yeah, and he like twitches his leg up a little bit and he's like, he's like, oh, just as girls. Like he's at a sleepover or something. <laughs> he feels like an excited like 12 year old girl. It's, yeah. it's, it's very, we haven't seen David Tennant do something that silly in a while. He no. used, season two, he was all about this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's nice to see him be a little bit sillier. 
Yeah. Especially where, like, someone has got a knife to his best mate's fucking abdomen, and he's like, just yeah. us girls. It's all right. We're having fun. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. I like it, yeah. Um, um, but then there's a weird rock lady. And she's well, just like, before that, there's the... You spoke about the idea of kind of um, uh, prophecy, and Donna is about to be killed for doing... A, doing a prophecy that they don't agree with that yeah. kind of goes against what they think and i really mm. like that this is we speak all the time about how the show there's often a disconnect mm. between like the tardis is often kind of just the vessel to get them to a premise and a setup rather than yeah. time travel often doesn't factor in at least in 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 where we're up to uh doesn't often factor into the mm. thing uh into the the narrative of the episode um and I, I don't know, I, I, it maybe doesn't address it fully, but I really like the premise of um, a time traveller saying something that is objectively fact, like it is true. This yeah. does happen to Pompeii. And they're like, prophecy! And Donna's like, no, <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. not really. But like, I see, I see why they have to frame it in that way. And it's really mm. interesting, I think. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I like the idea that like they know about the blue box. They know mm. about the TARDIS because like... And and I feel like this is something Stephen Moffat plays around with quite a bit as well. Like it's it's become legend and mythology, sort of like because it it travels around so much because it appears in all these locations and, and events throughout history and stuff. It's like weaved its way into the fabric of like legend, and you know there'll be yeah. ancient scrolls which will mention a blue box and like cave paintings and and all this stuff. It's like I I always like it whenever it just like shows up in something like that. That's just I don't know interesting i think you you get that a bit later on with like the household gods and like how yeah. they i won't say what but because we will get there but that's that's very much kind of acknowledged in the episode as well mm. um i something that but just before we get too far mm. past it something that occurred to me again we often like to speak about the kind of the inhumane nature of the doctor um and you know yeah that's natural because he's not human but sometimes he comes across very alien more so than normal yeah. Um, and something that I considered watching this episode um, for the first time in a long time was how the Doctor is still very much in the mindset of these people die, right? That, that yeah. doesn't change until the very last moment. And even then, it's a handful of the possibilities that he could have done. But he's very happy, like, parading um, the, the the Blue Peter kid. Do you remember his name? No. They, they, they know who I mean. I'm yeah. sure we said it earlier. The Blue Peter kid. Um, the 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 son of the family, and the, the the doctor is just very happy taking him on the last night he could have with his family, mm. and just being like, show me where that guy lives, and just yeah. get getting him all into all sorts of trouble and stuff. And like, w- what got me this time was the doctor really never stopped to give a shit that this boy will die tomorrow, and the doctor that's not that's certainty in the doctor's mind. I feel like it kind of ties into what he was saying about Jack at the end of series three about mm. like how, you know, he's, he's got that prejudice inside of him. Like he, he, he looks at Jack and he knows he's wrong. He knows yeah. it's not meant to be. He looks at everyone in Pompeii and he knows that they're, they're essentially already dead. They're, they're Which already is a fucked gone. way to live. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It's, I mean, he's not that mean about it or anything, but it is, it's it's like a cell. He probably doesn't even realize he does it, but it is like a yeah. subtle, a subtle part about his character. Yeah. Well, that's that's. I think you've hit the nail on the head because I don't think he's conscious of it at all. I think it's very much just ingrained in him, and that's you know if that's his nature, then that is what makes him alien and makes him at a distance from human beings. I tell you what, it's, it's actually quite interesting because like 
that that sort of characteristic was very much a part of um of peter capaldi's doctor at, uh, at one point anyway okay. it was it was almost quite jarring going from like you know matt smith like happy go lucky everybody lives try to save as many as you can to peter capaldi very happily will let someone die if it means he can further the plot and get onto the and to save the day or whatever like yeah it, it's it's quite it's quite interesting how all that plays out really so yeah every, every time i think of like i'm ex- i'm really excited to get to the peter capaldi era of the show because i everything i hear like it, some of the, they, apparently there's some absolute bangers there's some there's some poor episodes there's some bangers there's a mix of everything in between but one thing that is consistent is how people always say his doctor has possibly the best doctor arc of character oh, writing i think so yeah i think um, so which I'm, which I'm quite excited for. Anyway, Nathan, it's just us girls. All the girls. It's are just us girls. There's a rock lady. She she gets shot with a water gun, which is very fun. I fucking love that. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then they they go into the volcano or whatever, and this is kind of where like things just this this is where the meat of the episode comes in, really. Yeah. Because yeah. this is where you know. Who cares about all the paravilia stuff or all that? Just because, like, this is where, like, we find out that it's the Doctor who has to make the choice. It's the Doctor who, basically, in order to save the entire world, he's got to destroy Pompeii. He's got to activate the volcano to stop mm. the the ship or whatever from leaving so that it doesn't blow up the Earth in the process. And because of that, it's an impossible choice. And... And there is like this continuation of the argument with the Doctor and, and Donna about like what to do and what is the right thing, and it's like this is where it gets difficult to argue against the Doctor. I feel like because yeah, because like obviously it's fucking horrible to let an entire town of innocent families and and people die, but at the same time, then it's the rest of the world which will have the exact same fate. So like. It, it it really is like an impossible choice. It's like it's it's not easy and fucking hell. I wouldn't want to make it. I wouldn't want to be in that position and have to have to choose which button to press. Like it's I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough choice. It's it's very tough. And you're right. Like it is it is harder to argue against the doctor in this instance. But like mm. the the stakes changed, and I think for his character, it's important to know that this was still his choice prior to the stakes being dramatically kind of enhanced. But then again, I, f- I feel like what Donna is saying is like, press the button, sure, but then help people. Help people yeah. escape, help people get out there. And he he just doesn't seem to flinch on that until the end, obviously. But like, it's, it's I don't know. I mean, like, that's, that's the difficult part because like, mm. yeah, a lot of people died during Pompeii. This is apparently a fixed point. This has to happen and that sort of stuff. So... I don't know, it's tough because then even later in this very series we get into what happens when he does change stuff and what happens when, you know, he he decides to to change things that he probably shouldn't and Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert, it doesn't go well. Um, no, not so. at all. If anything, he makes matters ten times more traumatic and painful. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I do think there's like it, it, it is a really difficult line to walk, and I, I think that's why the Doctor is so kind of morally ambiguous about it all. Um, but I think there's a, absolutely a clear distinction between what is 
you know, because like you say, he could blow up Pompeii, but then he has yeah. a, he has a machine that can disappear in three seconds, right? He can, yeah, and, and it seemingly got infinite room, right? Ex- exactly, yeah. So like, fucking, at least a bigger effort could have been made. And then there are the other parts where he goes, "No, I don't want it to go like this," and his ego gets in the way, and that's when he yeah. affects major change that he really should have thought twice about. Well, well, there's a moment of like, um, sort of resignation between the Doctor and Donna, like. Mm. They they have this moment like oh they, <laughs> it kind of just comes out of nowhere but the doctor's like oh this will kill us too by the way <laughs> and, yeah uh, but which is which is you know bizarre because the doctor is kind of cavalier about it but I yeah. think Donna's Donna's never mind us is just beautiful yeah like it's it's so... it really is yeah and yeah and, and that's why I was bringing it up because it is again just her her selflessness throughout this whole episode it's just it it and a lot of stuff with this episode um really leans to um really lends to some of david Tennant's final words during the end of this series which makes it all the more heartbreaking um mm. so so yeah um yeah i i like that you know she's just very much to the end she's like well, let's try and help people as much as possible and i mentioned it earlier but like the the scenes where they're they're running through the town it's it's horrific really some of that oh, imagery yeah. like the the sky has been like the sun has been blackened out. There's ash filling the air. People running in terror, and just a child alone crying and that type of stuff. It's it's fucking brutal. And Donna is just like so. She doesn't even know what to do. She's just yeah. so like fucking lost in it all, and she's trying to help people. And then the doctor is just like he's kind of just like keeping his head down and trying not to look anyone look at anyone because if he does, he knows like he's gonna want to help, but he can't. Yeah, really. and I think I think that's that's one of the best things about it is that everyone running and panicking, you know that it's yeah. pointless. You can't outrun a volcano like it's. I can't. Yeah, well, yeah, we're built different, so we yeah. could, but we weren't there. If we were, we would have picked everyone up and ran them all out as well. Obviously, yeah. Um, that's why we earn our place in the TARDIS. Um, no, but like, it, it, and you're right. Like the word for Donna running about is flailing i think because she just yeah. it, it's like there's all this empathy but nowhere to direct it nothing she can do she is utterly like it's the definition of helpless she can't do a single thing and it's what makes it so frustrating to watch the doctor at that moment because you know it, he can help it he's not helpless and it's just it's almost like the choice he makes and i think it's it's especially more painful coming after you, you kind of see it more so the doctor's decision because on the benefit of a rewatch, the last time the Doctor pressed a big button um, yeah. to kill a lot of people, it stuck with him for a, uh, some time. Yeah, um, and I and I think that it's especially frustrating because this time Donna was there to share that burden. She like held his hand and pushed the button, taking you know theoretically taking some of the onus of that decision off of him. Yeah, um, and then when Donna needs his help, he's nowhere to be seen. He's just emotionally checked out and ready to go. I think the worst part of it is when they get to uh, Caecilius's house, and oh, yeah. you see, you know, uh, Peter Capaldi and his family just all huddled together, cowering, just absolutely terrified. And he even says to him, "Help us, please, mm. help us." And the doctor just has a moment where he looks at them, and then he just has to turn away and just yeah. and just go to the TARDIS. And it's it's brutal, man. It's fucking it's- heartbreaking. It's the least like the Doctor we've ever seen. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. Up to this point. And I think mm. a nice little detail there is that all of the... We, I mean, we joked about it earlier, and there's a reason they made a f- big fuss about it twice. Um, it's just such a sad detail that 
um, Hercules is hugging his family, and all around him is the shattered mm. art of his collection. Yeah, and it's and yeah. it's like when it came down to it, like he's realised that shit's hit the fan, and his family are more important um, to to hold and protect. And it's still not going to do anything. It's not going to help. Um, yeah, best scene in the entire fucking episode, hands down, is when the when Donna follows him into the TARDIS. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great scene. Just so much fucking raw emotion from Catherine Tate and we spoke about it a little last week it's it's really impressive Catherine Tate's performance because especially this time because she was sort of seen as just you know the funny girl the yeah or the, the Catherine Tate show I'm a bothered or whatever the old woman's catchphrase was all that sort of stuff um and 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 here she is giving this fucking amazing heart-wrenching performance just mm. crying and begging the doctor to save someone and and telling as well both of them are just fucking on top form throughout this scene i i think so i think it's it's the first we spoke earlier about how donna gives it to the doctor in a way that companions yeah. haven't and if you if we thought that earlier was donna giving it back to the doctor this is she stands in like open defiance she's screaming at him yeah, in a way that no one else has ever done. Um, at least from what we've seen in the Who, I can't speak to classic, but like the, the way she screams him, you're right. It, the performance is impeccable, and Catherine Tate absolutely just disappears into Donna. They are, yeah, they're a, like there's. It's crazy that Catherine Tate is as prolific as she is. You know, she's been in like even in America, she's done the U.S. Office, and like she's yeah, yeah. she's well known for being a woman of great comedy chops. <clears throat> and yeah, I don't think a single time I've watched Doctor Who and gone. Catherine Tate like mm. you you are just aware that that is Donna she completely is like just fucking so deep into that part and she plays it brilliantly she's great but yeah then I, I think it's just a great moment when she even says to him like your planet's gone what the fuck are you doing man like yeah surely you should want to help someone and then he obviously comes back at her and like that's exactly why I can't like just the the line of him saying, like, if he could, don't you think he'd go back? Don't you think he'd change it if he could? Mm. And then just him, like, trying not to break down as he just says that he can't, and then he looks away and just focuses on the TARDIS. It's heartbreaking. Really good stuff. Yeah. I, I like that he's... He almost... I, I know it's not because it's born out of deep trauma, obviously, but, like, he yes. seems cowardly. He just seems like he's scared to take the chance yeah. to change it. Yeah, he does. And, and, I, and I love that she's able to convince him. I love that... You know, could he have done more? Absolutely. Yeah, probably he could have. Um, but I, I love that she's just getting in his head. Just, just one person, one family. Just not yeah. everyone. Just, just, just someone. Just save someone. And yeah. then we get the great scene where he, where the TARDIS lands back at uh, Kaikilius's house, and and he and he saves them and that sort of stuff. And it's, it's. <laughs> This is retroactive, but it's obviously a very important moment in Doctor Who history, though. Yeah, well. I was going to ask like, you about that, because you know yeah. more about this than I do. Yeah, I, I won't go into too much of it now, obviously, for you know, for anyone who is just, like, watching along for the first time, if, if any. Um, but <laughs> the fact that the actor who plays Kai Killius is later on himself playing the 12th Doctor, that is not ignored. <laughs> that yeah. does come back in the show itself, so... So yeah, there's there's something very very interesting to look forward to, which I it enjoy. It also isn't ignored when he's John Frobisher in. <laughs> no, it is. It is. And he, he executes his family, and then no, it's like, it is. It's ignored. <laughs> this is this is what I choose to be. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, right. 
let's let's that was that was heavy stuff because it is a heavy ending but i know something yeah. that will make it a bit lighter nathan what do you think what's that Lawrence? that will be our favorite segment of the show ever weirdo of the week weirdo this is uh, this is everybody's <laughs> favorite segment of the show where we get to take a look at some of the weird and wonderful and grubby little characters who come across our screens each and every week. Uh, Lawrence, who I believe I know, but who is your weirdo for this week? Uh, so my weirdo is uh, the guy that sold the blue box. Uh, okay. he, boy. Yeah, basically. And I just... It's not particularly weird. It's not even particularly funny. I just think it's a very silly little part of the episode where the, the, <laughs> the doctor's like, "Excuse me, have you seen a blue box?" And he's like, "Yeah, I sold it. Sold and, it, didn't and, I?" And, yeah, and he's like, "He's like, why?" And he was like, "It was on my patch." And the doctor's just like, "Okay." I like how completely un the, how panicked the doctor is and how unfazed he is. He's just like, "I don't know. I wanted. I wanted to. So I did." <laughs> yeah, it's true. Just a silly, silly little weird guy, which I quite liked. Yeah, it's uh, it's very fun. It's very fun, I will say. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I don't have anything else to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's, there's not much to... Sometimes weirdos are just little weirdos, and there's nothing more to them. It's true. My weirdo is not necessarily a little weirdo, because I think it's quite big, um, but my weirdo for this week is Megatron. <laughs> uh, yes! <laughs> which I think is what he was going <laughs> to allude to earlier. Um, do, do your thing, and then I'll finally get to read my note. Which is, I'll read it verbatim, but go on. Okay. But yeah, the uh, the Pyrovillian, like, guards or whatever they are, as soon as I saw them, I was like, that's fucking Megatron. They just look... <laughs> and I know, like, what they're going for is, like, the classic, like, Roman, like, Spartan, like, 300-style helmet and that type yeah. of stuff. But just the way it, because it's like all grey and like rocky as well, it, it just looks like a fucking transformer, <laughs> just straight up. And I just find that funny. So. Yeah, I, I literally, it was, it, it was instantaneous. I saw it and I went, that's a fucking transformer. Like, <laughs> yeah. it just, it, even that, like, its torso, the way, like, it has, like, these sharp arms and, like, shoulder pads, it just, yeah, yeah I, I couldn't quite believe it. I genuinely think it's, like, it's quite astonishing that they didn't get called mm. up on this. Yeah, that's true. It's um, uh, it's quite funny though. Yeah, because it's it's not even like reminiscent. It's not like it's not the Cybermen to C three PO or something. It is a one to one fucking just basically a reimagining of a Transformer. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's true. I don't know. Silly, completely silly stuff. Um, and speaking of silly stuff, Evan, did we get any tweets? We did. So every week I will put out on Twitter at uh, Still Got Legs Pod um, for some thoughts on uh, whatever episode we're watching that week. Um, and, and emails as well at Still Got Legs Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so we'll go through the tweets first. Um, this actually came through a little bit before I put the tweet out, um, just uh, from our friend Greg Cactus Face. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm ready, he, I'm ready. He uh, clearly listened to last week's episode and then said, hey boys, the phone line between Australia and the UK must be a bit rough, as Nathan missed heard my reference to baseball in this episode. 
Um, <laughs> he then goes on to say, in this, and this is last week, in this episode, the link was that the adipos are dispersed as drugs which are shown to improve the user's ability to date. In baseball, <laughs> steroids are drugs which are used to improve players' ability to play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderfully simple. That is wonderful stuff. And then uh, a, a little while later, once I actually put the tweet out, uh, Greg Cactus Face got in touch again. Um, that just, Greg Cactus Face double whammy. Exactly. Making up for last week. Yeah. Um, and then he says, during this episode, the Doctor and Donna hop in a big spherical escape pod and are launched out of the field uh, of the reach of the Volcano Boys. <laughs> Much like in baseball, if the batter manages <laughs> to bat the ball out of reach of the fielders and into the stands. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's true it's true it's a very good point um and thank you to greg Cactus face as always it's 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 become more of a game for us watching these episodes now i'm like screw the analysis on doctor who i'm like what possibly could be a baseball reference here <laughs> yes it's great stuff oh this is phenomenal how long has this been going on for now <laughs> i don't know a few weeks now quite a while i think it likes mid-season three maybe maybe early season three yeah i think so yeah wonderful stuff greg cactus face never changed but we have to give you the weekly reminder that you are not beholden to this <laughs> uh tam the lamb at tam the lamb says my favorite one-parter episode of who i know i'm probably blinded by nostalgia but the soothsayer off scene still gives me chills and the Doctor and Donna's conversation in the escape pod is heartbreaking. Also, the music is phenomenal in this one. We didn't really talk about that, but yeah, very good. That's good music, yeah. Yeah, very, very good stuff. Um, I feel like we just don't really necessarily talk about the music because like, every week we just be like, yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it's just a widely accepted good <laughs> yeah. component of Doctor Who. Like, Yeah, it's so good. Uh, Robert Vas uh, Robert Vasquez Vasquez, I apologize, uh, says. So did the TARDIS allow itself to be moved by ancient Roman movers, or did the Doctor just leave the parking brake off again? <laughs> it's a bit of fun. Uh, I don't know. The TARDIS can sometimes like kind of pick and choose like how movable it is, can't it? Yeah, it's, feel... it's been on like conveyor belts in season yeah. two. Um... It's, it's been like it's it's like. <laughs> Some points, like the the whole Earth can move, but the TARDIS will stay exactly locked in, <laughs> yeah. its, in its position. But then in other times, like the Titanic can crash into it, or like a bunch of little blue people can move it from one room to the other. So oh, like... <laughs> I think sometimes it's like I think if it doesn't matter, the TARDIS is like whatever. But like for the moments where it stays in <clears> space, <throat> that's important for the Doctor to see what's happening. And I think it's also telling that uh, the TARDIS was directly taken to Caecilius's house. I um, feel like it's whatever the plot calls for is. Yeah, and you're right. Magnemonious acorn hoarder at Soupy Soup Brain. <laughs> First of all, can I just say, like, some of our listeners, our followers, they have just the best Twitter handles <laughs> <laughs> it's all good stuff this episode is where doctor who really starts cooking it's tenant and rtd at peak performance the best companion so far uh if you're a 10 head this season should be why this episode is great too great baddies great writing even a great retrospective capaldi 
which is very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and I have to say, I'm very personally against this, but uh, then did follow that up with, oh, and while I've got your attention, this is a quote tweet, by the way, uh, so a reply to our tweet, but also a quote tweet at the same time. Sure. Oh, and while I've got your attention, here's Russell confirming that Jack is the face of Bo during a lockdown <laughs> live tweet. Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> And I, oh. and I I guess I have to read this out. But... Yes, you do, yeah. Uh, so this is Russell T. Davies's, uh, t- I will say, temporary Twitter account, which was set up purely so for the uh, the live Doctor Who tweeter thons that happened during COVID. So he says, so why does Captain Jack look like that after five billion years? The question is, why not? Have you ever seen how your ears keep growing? Your nose after, all caps, five billion years? Extraordinary changes must happen, and here they are. Hashtag New New York. The worst thing is, he used your own logic. The why not is your favorite counterpoint. I mean, it's true. But look, I've said it before. Russell, Sean <laughs> Barrowman, they could all stare directly down a camera and tell yeah. me explicitly... They could write out a whole... They could make an entire episode which physically shows me Jack transforming into the face of Bo. And I will still... What does that look like? Does his body just shrivel up and die? I imagine it looks like a... I imagine it looks like Looper where they have the the Joseph (laughs) Gordon-Levitt transition into um, (laughs) into Bruce Willis. And then Bruce Willis has got an anime haircut. Yeah. Um, I I am very much a fan of 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 my army showing up to defend me on the face of Bo. Okay. However, there was was there a moment where they said this is this is the episode that Doctor Who starts cooking? Uh, yes, yes, they did. If, yeah, if you mean that this is the time they first start cooking ever in New Who, I have to disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just mean generally because like yeah. se- series four is often regarded as like pro- uh, a lot of people would regard it as the best. Um, so so yeah. Yeah, it is, it is a very, very good season of TV, I will say. Any more tweets or emails? Uh, I believe that is it for the tweets. I'm just double-checking here. Uh, a few people followed up last week just uh, letting us know about um, you know, how Wilf came to be involved in... in oh, yeah. You, you just... texted me the very next day saying, I've just watched yeah. Confidential and we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, immediately after we recorded the episode, I watched the... Um, the Doctor Who Confidential on it, and then in that they have like, you know, the original actor who played um, who played Donna's dad in the scene as well, but he unfortunately passed away before. Well, no, during filming because they actually did manage to film a scene with him, and you can see that and stuff. But then they he unfortunately passed away, so they just changed it and recast with well, not recast, just wrote a new role for for Bernard Cribbins. So that's how that came to be. Uh, emails, uh, okay. So, first of all, we have one from a Mr. Joe Donnelly. Hey, I know that boy. Yeah. Uh, Joe says, hello again. Joe here for another Who thought. This episode has one of my favorite scenes in all of Who. The final scene with the Doctor and Donna, where Donna asks the Doctor to save someone. It's a beautifully written scene, and Catherine Tate really shines here. It's one of those many great moments, but probably the best way it was done to show why the Doctor needs a companion. Against the music from Murray Gold, it's just perfect. 
the episode itself is a lot of fun what i would say a bit slow in parts but it pays off at the end for what it does for the development of the doctor and donna big love to the pod and happy doctor who month sent from my iphone <laughs> thank you my iphone for those thoughts um, thank you joe that's pretty it's pretty much what we've said really isn't it it's just there's weaker components, but that well, you, the well, relationship... you hated the entire episode, obviously. <laughs> and you said that no, but that, that the ending scene is where it like it, it shines, and Catherine Tate is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and we did definitely compliment Murray Gold in the episode. You all, you all heard it. It happened. Very, very true. Um, thank you, Joe. Uh, this one is from Jared Coastal, uh, who says, "Hello, I hate historic Doctor Who episodes. All the best, <laughs> Jared." <laughs> Slash Jeff Lemon. Um, <laughs> nice and simple. I appreciate that. Um, I can see where he's coming from because usually they're not my favorite, to be honest. Like, yeah. The Shakespeare you know, one's a bit naff. Yeah. Yeah. There's some like the, the Gelf stuff that, as well. That's naff, yeah. They often can be, but I feel if um if done right, they can be um uh, very interesting, which I feel like this one was, really. So. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I I like it when they use the um when it's just that they go back in time and Charles Dickens is there as well, it's a bit like I don't care about this. This is this is nothing. Yeah. Um but yeah. when it's like you know, having having Pompeii be a a big red death button that echoes the doctor's Gallifrey choice and having Donna there proving why the doctor needs a companion. That will, that works perfectly for me. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so that's it. Thank you to everyone uh, for getting in touch as always. Again, you can do so at Twitter at still got legs pod. You don't have to wait for me to tweet out. You can just tweet out as let us know your thoughts on the next episode, uh, which will of course be the planet of the youth next week. Um, so do that or again email us at still got legs podcast at gmail.com um, and we'll read them out all of them I always say however many we get if it takes 20 minutes it takes 20 minutes I'll read them all out I'll do yeah, it yeah no, I, I like it I think it's a good little time mm. to hear everyone's thoughts on it it gives us a good overall of the general consensus at least <laughs> from the, the fans of Doctor yeah. Who which is I'd imagine are mostly biased towards liking it we have also started doing it on another happy pod and it's funny because <laughs> uh, Lawrence gets nothing. So, right? No, it's not Lawrence gets nothing, is it? It's the show which is unfocused every week about something different gets nothing. Hey, this this podcast is now officially more popular than another Happy Pod. It so, is. That is true by quite a lot. <laughs> by large in part, thank you to my lovely TikTok contributions. Well, we we don't know that for sure, but <laughs> I think we do. I think we can we, find the dates. We don't know that for sure. Um, um, speaking of which, it's been a while since those uh, TikTokers, isn't it? Yeah, I, I've I've been busy this week. I still need, I haven't posted a single one from Partners in Crime, so I'm gonna try and knock some of them out maybe Doesn't today probably to tomorrow but if it goes quiet don't panic I'm, it just means that i have a job <laughs> basically they're sporadic right we knew this going into it sometimes i should have paced out the ones i had i was optimistic i was like yeah i'll just post one every day for a couple of days and then i ran out and was like oh yeah. well that's how this works yeah. nathan never mind my tiktok contributions uh do we have any lovely reviews to read out uh, well, as always, what I do is I'll just go to the review section and I'll just read whatever happens to be the latest review. Of course. Um, so thank you to to everyone. Please, um, please do go. You know, I understand that you many people won't listen on Apple Podcasts. Most people listen to Spotify. But if you wouldn't mind just going over there, just download the app and then delete it afterwards or whatever. Leave a review. Let us know what you thought. It's very important. It helps out the show somehow, I think. <laughs> 
I will just read out the latest one here. This is five stars. <laughs> and it says, and this is a bit of a twist, because this was actually posted on the 23rd of October, 2023. Okay. Okay, right, yeah. Okay. And this is from Jeff Lemon. Okay, lovely. <laughs> says, still got it. A wonderful <laughs> podcast about a 60-year-old show that goes off on various bizarre tangents at the drop of a fez. <laughs> a must listen for me every week, although be warned... Lawrence is always wrong, and Jared is always right. Oh! Well, well, uh, well Jeff Lemon, that <laughs> review is a must-read for me every single week. I don't like that. <laughs> well, it's there. <laughs> this joke is over. We're never doing yeah. this again. Uh, well, Lawrence is always wrong, and Jared is always right. Fuck. So I knew. Some, there was, I didn't even know that I was addressing Jeff Lemon, but I knew recording that little correction and i just i i had feelings that someone is going to come back at me for this and now i'm paying for it yeah but that's are. what happens when you put yourself out there uh yeah. this is fine thanks thanks thank you very much jeff lemon <laughs> thank you like i said please if you wouldn't mind go over there, leave a review i'd very much appreciate it um five stars obviously so that goes without saying but you know you don't want anything no five stars so no if it's not five stars then quite frankly keep it to yourself yeah um i know she's well, left one yeah, uh, what else we got to say? Uh, didn't oh, hear thanks. that, did you? Huh? You didn't hear that, did you? What did you say? <laughs> I said I noticed you haven't left one. Have I not left one? No. I'll write one right now. Well, there you go. Well, then, I'll read it out next week. All right, I will. Well, well, if it's the latest one, I will. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> I don't see you picking up your phone. Uh, it's, it's in my hand. Go on, then. I'll have you know. And it was in my hand because I also wanted to thank uh, Travis Bow at that Travis Bow on Twitter for editing this episode and the last couple of episodes as well. Uh, well, technically, didn't edit last week, but <laughs> I know that Nathan. I was just doing a. Bl- <laughs> no one cares about our behind the scenes workings. Well, I know because I also didn't credit him on the tweet, so I might look weird. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, so you didn't want to? Yeah, you didn't want to come across as a. Yeah, as now a you're just making me look bad. Um, no, thank you, Jared. Very much appreciate it. A very uh, wonderful editor. Hire him. Hire him for all your editing needs. Hire, He's very good. hire Jared. Yeah, yeah. You should hire him. I, you called him Jared, Nathan. <laughs> Fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> Travis. I'm sorry. I'm sick. Okay. My brain hang is. On, why? Why pretty. should I? <laughs> hang on. We, <laughs> you do hire him for this. Yeah. <laughs> I got. I. We hire him first of all, but also. You you should hire him to do your work. <laughs> Just to do my work for <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. What? And then the only way I continue to make money is if I undercut him on the price and keep a profit. <laughs> that is what you do. You you get him to edit Caravan of Garbage, yeah. and then you you give him like fifty percent of the paycheck for it. Okay. Yeah. And then you still have fifty percent, so you just outsourced it. I I know how outsourcing works. <laughs> I what I'm saying is I do my job to make money. So. I don't need more free time. I would like more money. All right. I'm writing a review. The review is going to be titled Jared Smells. Well, don't uh, do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, <laughs> this. The, the last half an hour of the show has just become a complete fucking puzzle box of in jokes and ridiculousness. I'm gonna say, wow, what's a fantastic Lawrence, Lawrence, Lawrence. Show. Don't tell us because we'll maybe read it out next week. That's if true. It's the latest review. If it's if the latest not, review. It will never be seen again. We'll, we'll um, see. Nathan, so. do we have another podcast? Uh, no. 
Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, in that case, we'll see. No you. one that's <laughs> worth speaking about, anyway. Yeah, I know one that's down there with the tiny <laughs> podcast. No, it's doing all right. But they're, like... they're both still very humble shows, I think. Uh, yeah, this one's getting up there. It's getting up there. Listen, soon we'll be coming for uh, Who Culture and, uh, I don't know, Dalek Radio, whatever that show's called. I don't know what that show's called. Scarrow. Radio Radio. Scaro. Something like that. And that that reminds me, we have officially uh, joined (laughs) BigSandwich.co. So if you sign up there... I don't know where this (laughs) statement leads me, so I'm I'm legally bound to say that this is Nathan's doing. We're we're part of that network now, officially. (laughs) I don't know if this is true. I don't think so. (laughs) So you sign up there, you're paying... Oh, wait, what? No, yeah. Why am I shilling for that? Yeah, it's, what you're doing is false advertising <laughs> for not even getting us any yeah. cut. Yeah. All right, forget about that. Don't do that. But like, <laughs> well, but all right, here's what you do: you you pay us nine dollars, but then you'll also get access to Big Sandwich somehow. So I'll, I'll leak the password. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, no, that, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence will share his account with you. No, if, I you, pay, if you pay us nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Everything my account just has like eight users or something just attached to it. Um, lovely. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We love Doctor Who. Nathan loves having a coughing fit and disguising it by pressing his cough button. Um, and cool beans. Ha- we, we actually do have another podcast, though, by the way. It is oh, okay. Uh, okay. It's called Another Happy Pod. It's our pop culture show where every week we talk about a movie, a TV show, whatever else is going on, um, and we have fun doing it. This week, we talked about the Spider-Man 2. Uh, incorrect, Nathan. This week, we spoke about The Incredibles. No. Yeah. No, because yeah. this episode comes out on, on Monday. Oh, fuck, yeah, you're right. Okay. I know. I, I, there's never a doubt. I knew I was right from All the right, moment I opened enough. my mouth. Fair enough. This week we spoke about the Incredibles. Apparently, <laughs> uh, no, no, it's just true. It just happened. yeah, because apparently it's all about the Incredibles. <laughs> um, but next week we're speaking about Spider-Man Two. So get it while it's hot, which mm-hmm. is when it comes out Fridays at ten a.m. <laughs> yes, get it while it's hot, which is five days from now. You listening yes. to this? <laughs> or whenever you know. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening. We love you lots. Uh, thank you to everyone that is is like that, that, that. We've got a few more Twitter followers. If you're new, thank you very yeah, much for yes. being here. Should I read some of them? Hmm? Should I read some? Should I dox all our Twitter followers? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Just just end this. Poor Travis is just waiting to do something else with his day. Shout out to Jade who recently followed us. Fucking on hell. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Lawrence. Thank you to yourself for listening and good night. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.